On this week's full-time roundup, Arsenal breaks a horrid streak against City. Barca drop more points as the injuries stack up. The battle for Milan heats up, and PSG bounce back in the league. We discuss all of this and so much more. Full-time roundup starts right now. Glad you could join us on tonight's episode. We are coming to you from Braswell's on the back patio on another gorgeous fall night. Daniel, we said last week that fall is undefeated in the Carolinas, and this is a perfect example. We have the music. We have a nice little breeze. Uh, again, fall just undefeated in the Carolinas. No, it couldn't be more right. I went to the beach this weekend like we kind of talked around the last pod, and to get uh, 80, 75, 80 degrees at the beach, still could go out there without a shirt and just bask in the sun and in October it's kind of wild to say so I'm trying to enjoy and soak up the last warm weather we have uh, until it gets cold. You mentioned you were at the beach of course but uh, know that you were still watching a bunch of games and texting me throughout. Uh, of course the big one that everyone was talking about I think across all the leagues was the, the Manchester City versus Arsenal game. Uh, Arsenal finally get over that monkey. Uh, they beat Man Manchester City for the first time in eight seasons, Daniel. Uh, thoughts on this gun, and, and what are the implications here? Well, cities have now dropped points in two consecutive games for the first time in, in quite a long time under Pep Guardiola, and I honestly didn't see it coming, especially with uh, Saka not even in the squad today. Uh, I was thinking that City were going to be able to get it done even at the Emirates, but but no, I mean, it was a fairly boring game. I, I almost drifted off during this one, but uh, that last late goal by Martinelli, who's been injured uh, back with a bang, uh, was, a, was a huge one. Yeah, you mentioned that goal. I think that goal epitomized the entire game right off of Ake's face <laughs> yeah. uh, and into the net. So, you know, to your point, both teams not their best. Manchester City... Uh, three losses in the last four. Of course, they get the big win against RB Leipzig during the Champions League midweek. But uh, first time in five seasons they've lost back-to-back -back Premier League games, Daniel. Uh, we've talked about, you know, just their their roster, the depth that they've had. But, of course, you're looking at players missing like uh, Rodri, who's been a huge loss for them. I think this was the last of his three-game suspension. Uh, Erling Holland, who's been a little bit non-existent, no goals in four games. Uh, feeling a little bit of uh, the Kevin De Bruyne effect this season without having his buddy next to him, or is that something that we're overthinking? Well, Julian Alvarez is kind of slotted in there, but I'm, I'm sure there was a late-night text to De Bruyne send you up. You healthy? We need you back. We need you back as soon as possible. <laughs> I mean, missing Rodri, I think, is the, the biggest thing, and you see that Kovacic probably should have gotten sent off, but did not, but, I mean, that's nonetheless... He, they, they, it was very obvious that they were missing someone, and and Rodri does such a good job at shielding that back line as well as facilitating play, and, and they struggled with that. And even when they brought on, you know, the likes of Doku and and, and Code, they still weren't able to get it done. And I was very surprised by that. Yeah, and of course, don't want to take any any credit away from Arsenal, who, like we mentioned, get that big win. Uh, Martinelli getting the, the winner. Um, they sit atop the table. Daniel, with Spurs, uh, with Spurs. Uh, with Spurs. Uh, so okay. they're, they're on goal difference, Spurs are on top, but uh, tied on points, uh, you know, I think one thing just to wrap up on City quickly, you know what they're going to get, you know what you're going to get from Manchester City, they had a, a little bit of a downfall uh, early last season too, and then go on a run, you expect them to kind of have that run at some point in the season, still in second, still in third, sorry, uh, two points back, and of course they're missing all those players, so uh, it's just an interesting time for right now, um, can Arsenal and Spurs kind of take a, a little bit of a you know a leap and kind of get some points ahead of City so that when that run comes or are we really looking at you know kind of a Arsenal City back and forth throwing Liverpool for a third team race uh, do we have a, a, a real three horse race here I, I'm, I'm enjoying the wide openness of the Premier League this year it's a breath of fresh air um, and I do think that the likes of Arsenal and and Tottenham and and Liverpool can can continue to challenge here, and it seems like this this City team may be a little hungover after the three feet. And do they have the same mentality? I know Pep does, but can he motivate his players week in week out? That's the question. And and you said give credit to Arsenal. Arteta ball is in full effect here, and, and the and the players believe, and and they were able to push through finally through the through the finish line here. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting. The international break, we'll see who gets healthy. Um, and does 
Kevin come back. I don't know the extent of his injuries. He out for a few more months, but but I'm sure after the international break, the, it's kind of a clean slate for everyone. Yeah, and we talked about uh, briefly already. You know, Art Liverpool and, and Tottenham being up there in the mix as well. I mean, do you foresee? Personally, I think Spurs are they're they're solid, um, good, good squad. Obviously, you see Ange Ball taking effect, but just think they're a little short on depth right now. Is that something to worry about? Do you think they can go the whole way? Um, or, or is that something that, you know, it's a, it's a nice moment right now. And then, um, again, we're looking at more of a three-team race or, or really, you know, two and a half maybe even. Yeah. Um, or, or do you think Spurs have the, the gall to get all the way across the finish line? So I, I was doing a deep dive on Spurs, and they've, out of the, f- what, four games they've played, they've played bottom five, bottom seven teams. So I feel like that needs to be uh, – you know analyze there but they did you know beat Liverpool so they did come up with a big victory there so can they beat you know top five teams consistently and that's going to be the question of the day if they're, they want to keep challenging for top four. I totally agree and you mentioned Liverpool of course had a big game against Brighton uh, and actually one of the more entertaining games on the weekend sharing the points um, Brighton get an early goal really weird play from Allison, honestly and, and kind of gets beaten on that short side on a long shot um, and then of course Mosala gets two goals in quick succession you go into the half up by a goal uh, but Brighton Brighton ball and, and you know Deserby come back and get the draw not necessarily their best play I would say um, they're not playing you know really great football right now but you know what they can they can deliver um, any concern on, on you know dropping points here to keep within the race or is that something it's just a good team that you played up against at a good at a tough place to play at the MX too yeah any I mean Playing away definitely makes me feel a slightly bit better about this result. Uh, I was pretty worried uh, the first 35 minutes because I thought uh, Deserby kind of outcoached Klopp here, and and uh, I was kind of surprised with the inclusion of Harvey Elliott in the midfield instead of Gravenberg because Gravenberg has just been so dynamic for us to start the season. But he did come on after halftime um, and and kind of changed the game for us. And if if uh, Gravenberg put away that kind of sitter he had I, I think it's a completely different story that we're talking about right now but but we didn't and, and Bright, we allowed Brighton back in the game off a set piece and and I mean Joe Pedro blew one over to kind of put the game away at the end and there was a few ref controversies with with uh, should Pascal Gross or was it, yeah got sent off and and was that a handball from Allison I do after kind of looking into it I do think that they were both the correct decisions here um, but, hey, I mean, Brian are a top seven team, so a point's not the worst thing in the world. And you mentioned that's essential sitter from Grabenbach. I mean, at this point, at this level, you have to put that in the net, you right? Do. I mean, that's that's what you're there for. It's a tough one, a little bit of an odd bounce, but at this level, you got to put that in the net. And, and Wide and open goal. Wide open goal, and could those points eventually cost you? We'll see. But, Probably. <laughs> uh, potentially. <laughs> Uh, there was another really exciting game on Sunday as well. I don't want to overlook the uh, West Ham-Newcastle game, which also ended in a 2-2 draw. Uh, an interesting kind of back and forth here. West Ham go up right out of the gate uh, with an interesting play by Nick Pope. So multiple goalie situations here. I think we're starting to see that a little bit more. I've always mentioned MLS goalkeepers. Maybe I need to start mentioning Premier League goalkeepers. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and then, of course, Alexander Isak continues his form, getting two goals in four and five, four and a half minutes. Um looked like what Newcastle was going to control the game and kind of see that that win out get three big points on the road at London Stadium and then Muhammad Kudos comes off the bench and gets a an absolute fantastic finish with his left foot to get uh, the point uh, for, for West Ham are we sleeping on either of these two teams and, and kind of what is the outlook for for both of these guys um, as we head into you know the second half of the season well very early but more more forward than than looking back well, a couple of weeks ago, we were pushing the panic button on um, Eddie Howe and, and the Toon Army, but uh, they've kind of studied the ship since then. And both these, I mean, David Moyes and his this team is legit. Um, so I, I think we've sung their praises the last couple of weeks. So I wouldn't say we're underestimating them. Any game away at both those spots, is it's a tough ask. Um, but, I mean, you, I, I want to harp on the goalkeeper point that you made in and we've seen the the modernized revolution of soccer with the goalkeeper more involved as ever. We saw that in the Brighton Liverpool game, and we've seen that in this game. And these mistakes are going to happen when you ask your your goalie to participate in build up play. You see defenders make mistakes, but 
it just when a goalkeeper is going to make a mistake, it's probably going to be costlier than, than any other position on the field. So I did want to say that it's more of a how the soccer has evolutionized through the years that with these more every goalkeeper is going to have at least one howler in the season. Uh, but I, that uh, Isak, you know, off the mark with two goals, he's had a, a brilliant start the season with seven goals and. And that ball from Trippier on that second, just one time. Man, what a ball. Oh, I mean, it was a dot to him in the middle of the Perfectly the weighted off a volley. In. You know, that's that that's takes that's absolute that's, class right there. It was. And, so. and he's been a big, you know, big part of that. Newcastle taking that next step is that that experience and, and playing for elite clubs. And so it, it, I think it's no points dropped here for either squad. I think that's a hard-earned draw both ways. And. And of course, they both had European matchups during the week they too. Have. So you know, one of the things that we were they were mentioning on the on the broadcast, and, and curious to get your thoughts on it. We've talked, you know, just how some of these teams are, are not necessarily used to having midweek games or the run of fixtures. Uh, you know, West Ham get Thursday to Sunday. Newcastle have Wednesday to Sunday. So could have that been a bigger? You know, could that extra day have been a, a factor? course you know David Moyes and West Ham have had European football the last couple of seasons Newcastle haven't so uh, an interesting dynamic there you mentioned both getting a good point I think you know that's what you're looking for midweek especially for Newcastle after a really really big uh, result against PSG as well yeah coming off a high both of them I mean West Ham beat Freiburg and and they beat PSG so there was definitely a letdown spot for both teams here and and a draws draws good I'm sure with both managers now talk about high uh I think the, the fans are still jumping up and down in Manchester, the red side, after <laughs> Scott McTominay comes on and, and arguably saves. Uh, you don't want to overhype it. And we, you mentioned, you know, kind of setting expectations. We only are we are only eight games into the season, um, but an absolute season-defining win to some extent for Eric Ten Hag and Manchester United. That those two goals in the last four minutes to get the three points. It almost looked like classic Manchester United and Fergie time to me. I don't know about you, but uh, how big a result was this for Manchester United? It, I don't think it can be overstated how important this was. Um, this could be a turnaround of the season here. I guess we'll have to see after an international break here. But getting three points when you're when you're kind of bottom ten of the the table, just every three points matters so much. And and they needed three points against a struggling Brentford at this time. And and you know you see Casemiro give the ball away to, to kind of spring Brentford on the attack, and they go down one 0 and you're you're kind of scratching your head like, oh, here we go again. And and McTominay with with such a nice cheeky touch in the box and just a quick finish, and and he you know he does it again off a, a long set piece with the last minute of the game. And and McTominay's kind of been the forgotten man um, in Manchester, and there's been a lot of questions about, hey, has what's wrong with United's midfield and maybe he is the answer and he should get more chances going forward here so you know you know Harry Maguire with the big assist he's just gotten so much stick recently and and that defense is in shambles but you'd like to see you know a guy who's just gotten shit on so hard to kind of maybe have a huge huge assist there and maybe that kind of turns around his career and gives him a little bit of confidence. Yeah you mentioned Harry Maguire an absolutely uh, massive, massive fixture and result for him and getting an assist on the final goal. You know, you mentioned, you know, this was not a good performance from Manchester United. No. Uh, probably probably didn't deserve the points, but they get it. Uh, to be fair to them, they have, you know, massive injuries. You're looking at that back line that started, which was Lindelof on the left, Johnny Evans, and, and Harry Maguire as your two center backs, and then Delo, which has been pretty solid on the right-hand side, pretty consistent, so that's kind of a, a normal piece, but other than that, that back line, and you saw it on the first goal, which was just chaos from the defense. That, that um, clearance was oh, so bad by Lindelof. <laughs> absolutely. But they get they find a way. Uh, you mentioned this could be a turning point. They do have a break, and maybe they get some players back from injury, and uh, this could be an opportunity. I think there's a lot, of, a lot going on, a lot twirling around in Manchester. Uh, of, of course, another team that has been under, the, under scrutiny is, is Chelsea. Uh, they're three games in a row now Daniel with three three don't wins look now don't look now I told you top six it's not over yet uh, uh, scored four also so what I don't know what's going on here now here um, but we get a big result against Burnley uh, on the road uh, on the road as well uh, Burnley who, who really are struggling right now though you really mm -hmm. feel for him and uh, you know what what convincing company do I don't necessarily want to talk too much about Chelsea I think that was 
although Chelsea's been struggling, that's a result you expect Chelsea to get on the road, uh, score four, which is massive, like I said. But you know, what what can what is Vincent Company doing? What can he do, especially coming out of the break and, and have a chance to really take a moment to pause and say, okay, we're eight games in now. This is working. This isn't working. It's it's gone horribly wrong for Vincent Company, and and it I feel like their season's been kind of capitalized off that own goal. I mean, he just sticks the leg out, and it just happens to the loop right over the keeper into the back post. I mean, that might be one of the most unlucky own goals I've seen in a while. But I do want to talk Chelsea real quick. Burnley get off the mark. They score early within 15 minutes, and and. Chelsea could have kind of just went into their shell and, and lost this game 1-0 very easily, but you, you guys responded, and, and that was probably heartening for you to see that there is fight in this team. And, and you know, once the first came, then three others came pretty pretty quickly after. So you'd like to see company be a little bit more pragmatic, maybe go back to the 4-4-2 Deitch setup because uh, they do have a, a big striker who can be a target man. So we'll kind of see how it goes, but right now I'm – I'm not seeing much from Burnley that gives me any hope. Yeah, you mentioned you know the the fight, um, and it was good to see, of course. And we go down early defensively, still kind of some issues in the back, although some some pieces injured, some pieces that look good. You'll see Reese James come back after the international break, after serving his suspension and injury, of course. The uh, CC was good in the back, I thought. Thiago Silva was strong for now, of course. He's that veteran presence, but how long will be he there? How long will he be there, excuse me, um, as some of those players come back from injury? So I think, you know, and then, of course, you know, Cole Palmer up front and, and Raheem Sterling looked like the old Raheem Sterling. And even though that wasn't own goal, it was his his shot that got deflected. And uh, But, yeah, going back to Burnley, you know, I think it's hard to play the style that they play uh, in the Premier League. They're not going to – they have to make some adjustments. They have to, like you said, play a little bit more pragmatic, more direct, I think. Uh, you know, they try and play an expansive open style and they just don't have the players to play yeah. that way in this, in this league. And we, we've seen this before with uh, Daniel Fark, who's Norwich. They kind of played the same way, committed to this playing out of the back, playing this pretty soccer, and, and they were a yo-yo club for that reason. And and you just you can't do that, really, unless you're, you're Marcelo Bielsa and Leeds going up, and, and you saw how that ended. It didn't end well. So, I don't know, we'll company he has that big head for a reason he i'm sure he's he's going to be thinking a lot in it, during this international break of how they can study the ship and i i don't i think they're committed to him but if he doesn't turn anything around soon then he might be on the hot seat of course uh, a great player in his own right i think they fi- figure a way to do it um, figure so. a way to get it, at least a couple you know turn it around maybe they may not stay up but i think to your point you know he's 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 a smart guy of course he had a fantastic career and we'll see yeah. what happens uh, staying though in the in the relegation area, Daniel um, Everton against Bournemouth. We talked about this in the lead up to this game. Of course, a big six pointer. Everton get a, a huge result. Um, Bournemouth really really struggling right now. I think they almost guarantee, in my opinion, to go down with with Sheffield and Burnley. Yeah, it's the kind of same conversation. Iriola likes to play that expansive football, and they also don't have the guys to to do it but I mean when you when you go and you're playing out of the back and your and your fullback slips just gives the ball right there with an open goal it's that doesn't help and we saw that happen and and you know a, a goalie punch kind of out of position and then Jack Harrison puts in the back of the net so it's every time every time that Everton scores three goals it's kind of like wow that, I can't believe that happened but uh definitely a huge result for 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 Everton here and and you know interesting stat Everton has a higher XG in the league than City does so maybe Deitch Ball is gonna you know have some fruits of their labor and maybe they're they can make a run here my favorite stat XG uh what you just said epitomizes exactly why I hate (laughs) that stat right uh but that's neither here nor there uh of course the other team at the bottom is Sheffield United who who lose again to Fulham um, have yet to, to register win this season. So that's two teams, Bournemouth and, and Fulham, who have yet to register, or Se- uh, Sheffield, excuse me. Uh, I think one of the bigger questions I have for you, Daniel, and, and we've been hearing this from friends of ours and just in the media, of course, this this promotion set of teams has been one of the weakest uh, in a long time that I can remember. Is there anything that you can pinpoint in particular that you feel might be leading to this, or is it just kind of one of those seasons where – you know the teams were, were, were poor coming up, and uh, you know we've always we've talked about a Leicester that went down that looks good right now in the championship. They may be coming back next season, but 
anything in particular that you can pinpoint around why these these three teams have been really poor? And I think, you know, the, the Prem is not as strong top to bottom this season, which may be part of that too. I actually can, and I've harped on this before, probably early in, earlier in our, in our days in the pod, but uh, prom- newly promoted sides are kind of realizing that they leveraging your entire club's existence to survive one or two, three seasons in the Premier League is not worth it. So we've seen a Luton Town, we've seen a Sheffield United especially, uh, spend, have the net spend, getting promoted to be, you know, less than 75 million. And so these teams kind of know that they're going to probably go back down and, and they're not willing to shell out a, a, some big record transfer fees just to kind of make a, a run here in the Premier League. And, and we're kind of seeing the the byproduct of that just with poor performances and just getting thumped week in and week out. Yeah, and you talked about that too as well in, in the Cups and, and teams like that, you know, thinking they should play and get the points and the, the opportunity to win and, and they play weaker squad, weaker squads just for that opportunity to get up and uh, either in any level of promotion, right? They're really focused on getting promoted to that next level and, and making that money. So uh, to me, I completely agree with you. I think it's just a, a, a funding uh, situation, you know, resourcing and, uh, you know, trying to make as much money as you can. And if you go down, you go down, but you get that Premier League money every season, right? It still counts, and then you, you work your way back up. And um, So it'll be interesting to see as that goes, if that changes, if there's any way the FA can implement some rules going forward to make it a little bit more competitive. Of course, you don't want to lose and dilute the product and, and kind of force teams to do that, but um, you still want to see competitive soccer across all the leagues. Yeah, well, you see MLS as a salary cap, and everyone's screaming to get that out of here immediately. Yep. So it's kind of the lesser of two evils here. And, I mean, when – when Manchester City has outspent in one summer Luton's entire existence of spend, it's, I mean, it's David versus Goliath here. But uh, you'd like to see, like, more Brighton-type clubs who just make very smart, shrewd investments. But, I mean, Luton, I don't think we're expecting to get promoted anytime soon. Sheffield sold their, like, uh, their key player in the summer before getting promoted so you know that that doesn't help either so just like some some stuff like that just doesn't help and maybe and i get it, you don't want to leverage your club you don't want to lose the club you love even for one you don't want to sell your soul just for one season here so yeah but i think the one beautiful thing about the premier league though has been always its strength from top to bottom right you don't want to yeah. see things turn into the bundesliga which we'll, we'll start transitioning into here in a second but you just don't want to see that that gap and you know the top four teams or six teams be so much further ahead of course and in the bundesliga Looks like we have another title for Bayern Munich, Daniel, but uh, you don't want to see Not them so continue fast. to go as all the way across and then dominate the season every season. Um, but that's kind of where it feels like it's going. And, uh, you know, just kind of touching on that, of course, Bayern Munich do get another win. No goal for Harry Kane. Uh, assist to, to Leroy Sané, though, who right now might be the best player in the Bundesliga. Uh, although, you know, there, there could be a case for... Uh, a couple others, but uh, he's he's in frightening form right now. That partnership is flourishing, and and since Leroy Zane kind of left City, every manager Hansi Flick, um, and and you know, uh, goodness, what's his name? Nagelsmann. Thank you, Nagelsmann. Uh, kind of struggled to get the best out of Leroy Zane, and, and Tuchel's been the man to kind of get him back in form here, and and I, I love to see it. He's such a talented player, and. I, I hated that he dropped off kind of at his prime, and, and he's back firing. He's back in the German squad, and, and I'd like to see him translate that Bayern form into the German national team as well. You mentioned uh, not so fast when I said Bayern are potentially favorites to win the league again. We have a team, Daniel, that we've been high on that uh, continues to keep pace. Uh, Javi Ball is just fun to watch at Bayern Leverkusen, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's genuinely beautiful. It's so free-flowing, and... And I, I actually sent you a text over the weekend. I mean, imagine, and, and Leverkusen do have a good squad, more up and budding youngsters, but imagine this kind of style of play on, on a Madrid or a Barcelona or a Liverpool. Just name a, a top seven, top five team in the world, and, and it that could be scary in the future here. And, and everyone's bought in. He has such a good relationship with the, with the players, and... And it's something, and I think that man, man-to-man relationship he has with his squad will kind of propel them and continue to challenge even if they slip up a couple times. Spoiler alert, I think one of those teams will be on the radar pretty soon. They uh, will be. Of course, there's always the rumors, but uh, it's fun to watch. I think 
Um, you know, they might be the team to give Byron a, a you know a good competitive run for their money this season. You hope yeah. to see it. Another team that we've talked about that keeps sneakily just moving up the ray, the the standings. Daniel Dortmund. Uh, they get another result uh, against Union, who we've talked about are slipping and, and kind of their their drop from from form. But Dortmund are starting to figure it out now up into the top four. No, they are in. And it is a good result for, for Dortmund here, scoring four goals, especially after not failing to create much in the Champions League. And, and I mean, they, they did play well, but Union Berlin also, have, I think, lost now seven or eight straight here, and it's it's not going well for them. And, I mean, Julian, Julian Brandt and, and that banger from Schlotterbeck was something else from the center back especially probably angry that he didn't get called up to the German national team you, you see Ryerson with a second goal in two games for him in the Bundesliga so good to see Dortmund after kind of a, a shaky start here uh, you know get a good three points while they're in three points and and what they're in fourth right now yep. Yep. so hey don't sleep on Dortmund yeah, we mentioned them still undefeated, even though they didn't have a great start. And, and like I said, rising up the table slowly. A team that's still managing to be in the top half is, is Stuttgart. Um, you know, we a, a big surprise for both of us. I know we had I had Leipzig in the as a title winner. Um, they dropped more points this weekend to you know two missed penalties that they really should have, and starting to kind of slip from that title contention. I hate to see it, but they you know is that going to be the case? But surprisingly, Stuttgart uh, Garassi with another hat trick. Uh, kid is just dominating th teams right now and keeping Stuttgart not only a surprise but could they be an outside dark horse contender here I don't know if they can I think they can they're, they're already punching above their weight so a top five finish top six finish even would be a huge victory after almost getting relegated and in Garasi 13 goals in seven games broke a record um, just in lightning form and and it was his 50th game in the Bundesliga for Stuttgart and and he kind of capitalized that in style and when you're in form like this, sometimes the ball just finds you, and, and we saw that a couple times in the game where the ball literally just happened to roll right into his, his I don't know, his space, and he just had an easy tap-ins. So really happy for, for Stugard and, and beating Wolfsburg convincingly was, was not an easy task because Wolfsburg have, have been really good um, as of late, and, and it shows that they, they did get humbled by Leipzig, but they, they got a huge result against another top six team. I will say with Leipzig, this was the perfect bounce back game for them, especially after you play City, you play Bayern, and uh, they, they dominated the game and just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. So definitely points lost for, for Leipzig, but uh, I, think, I think they'll bounce back in a big way after an international break, and uh, they'll still challenge for top three, top four. And of course, Bochum gave Dortmund earlier in the season a, a, a run too, yeah. and, and took points off them as well. And uh, you mentioned teams that you expect to, to kind of ease and, and take points off of. Um, you look at a team like Barcelona, who played, uh, you know, Granada down in the relegation zone for, for La Liga, and and drop points there. Daniel, this is becoming a problem for Xavi Hernandez's team. We mentioned that they, they really can't keep dropping points, uh, and they go out and they, they do just that, now sitting third behind Girona and, of course, Real Madrid atop the table. Injuries and, and conceding early really starting to cost this team, and uh, is that a concern for you? I know you, you're very high in super status and, and super squad here. Uh, is that super squad status starting to lose a little bit for you? Well, if they're, help, if they're ever going to be healthy, and, and you've seen key, fix, uh, key players missing, Frankie de Jong, Pedri, Lewandowski, and... And when when you go down 2-0 to a, a relegation-bound Granada, that's that's never ideal. And and they did claw back to get the draw, and they almost had the winner called off late with a, a I wouldn't say questionable, I guess. It was offside. It was. I mean, off. it, it was. It was and it's a tough one. It's a tough one. For I sure. mean, by a hair too, yeah. which that's the worst part about it. But you know, it also sucks when when you're down 2-0 and you're already starting for I mean uh, Torres and. And, and Lamine Mall and, and you literally have no other attacker on the bench to throw on late to, to get a goal. And they, they did sell some budding talent or loaned out at least uh, in the summer. And it would have been nice to throw on a, a, a I'm going to say Eze because I can't say his whole name, but he's on Betis. And I think he would have been a key player to throw on here if, if they didn't loan out. But, you know, with the financial constraints that they have, they kind of had to do what they had to do. Uh, but... You know, Jules Conde with another injury, he probably is going to miss El Clasico. And, and 
you know, that might be all she wrote in the in the La Liga if, if they lose that El Clasico matchup. And never say never with them, um, but y you hate to see it. Yeah, and of course, we, like we said with the Premier League, it's a long season. You know, don't want to overreact, but of course, um, more drop points, third place, and then you mentioned coming out of the international break, that, that matchup with, with Real Madrid, who continue to cruise, Daniel. I mean, Jude Bellingham, two goals to start the match. Vinny looks good and is, you know, coming back and getting another another goal there. Uh, they're just the team to be, right? Yeah, no, they are. And, and they've also had injury problems, and, and they continue to fire on all the cylinders. So credit to Ancelotti and, and the squad. Now, especially Ju in the back. Especially in the back. You saw a Tsunami uh, play center back, which is, which is I'd never seen him play there before, but he looked good, and you got Kappa, you know, in goal, who's had a rough couple seasons before this, and he's kind of returned to form. So, uh, Ancelotti's just getting it done right now. And hey, if you're going out, kind of going out right now in the sunset with Real Madrid, and you, and you win another title, that's that's a pretty good way to go out. Yeah, and you mentioned Chumani in the back playing center back. He uh, learned and, and watched playing a virtual uh, reality game and, and played. Did he really? Yeah, he had a headset on that. and learned how to play center back through VR and. Um, just shows you how how intuitive and how how different the sport is for some of these youngsters coming up. And you mentioned Ancelotti running out to the sunset. What a way to do it! Of course, you know Real Madrid's going to be based not only in La Liga, which is expected to win, but uh, Champions League as well. And we'll see what happens there. They look good in their group. And then you know, like you mentioned, those injuries and how, can they get some of those guys back? You know, Militao, and although he looks to be out for a pretty extended period of time, and uh, just a bunch of guys that are, are injured right now, and they continue to to chug along and keep moving and another team that keeps moving is Atleti uh, they keep moving up the table now currently in fourth but uh, they have a game in hand Daniel and they're only three points back at Girona in second um, don't look now but Diego Simeone's team is, is, is running pretty hot and after 12 years of, of coaching Atletico Madrid you think that maybe it gets stale but no they're handing them another uh, contract extension so you know, they, they kind of capitalize off that. and It's amazing what winning does because they wanted him out in the offseason, right? Yeah, and now no. winning cures all, like we said before. And, and this, this victory cannot be, cannot be understated here. I mean, Real Sociedad is, is no, no slump. They, they're challenging for top four. And I think I predicted a, a draw here. But at the end of the day, both had great chances to kind of capitalize here. And, and Griezmann just game winner off a penalty and, and things you'll love to see. And... Harsh, harsh penalty, I will say. It was that. Did the player know when he turned his head? But either way, penalty and, he, and Grease puts in the back of the net. Clean finish and uh, three points. But hey, three points is three points here. And and uh, as we kind of mentioned, you missing Girona. They maintain their second place here with a, another scrappy win against Cadiz. Now it did help that one of Cadiz, Darwin Machis, um, did get a red card early in the first half, but. Cadiz loves to kind of park the bus here and put five, five, four, five, and five block and a four block behind the ball. And in Girona, it was not easy to kind of play them to get that win, but they got it done. That's all that needs to happen. And and they've really impressed me this season. And I hope they can keep it up. We've mentioned La Liga being a really competitive one through seven. Um, you know, you're another club that you've been high on is Atletico Athletic Club Bilbao. They get another win, and uh, Real Betis also get a point. And with Real Sociedad dropping points, a, a big weekend for both of those squads to get closer into the top four. So, all in all, a pretty uh, interesting dynamic in, in La Liga. Uh, you know, we mentioned the top seven. We'll keep an eye on, and you mentioned Cadiz, kind of more towards the bottom, but they do play a tough, a tough style, uh, kind of modeling off Diego Simeone a little bit in, in the way do. that they play but uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of both those all three of those teams um, of course I think we're pretty comfortable saying the top three uh, you know Barcelona Real Madrid whatever whatever problems are going on with both those squads and Atleti and then you know the, the battle for fourth right that's kind of the what, what we're looking at and paying attention to uh, another another league that is kind of starting to have an interesting shape to it Daniel is uh, is Serie A uh, we, we thought it was going to be a two-horse race with the Milan clubs, but are we sleeping on Juventus, who are third place, tied on points, or one point behind uh, Inter Milan, excuse me. Uh, is this a three-horse race here as well in, as the Premier League, or is it? are we still sticking with the top two? I'm, I'm still sticking top two, two-horse race. Now, 
can Juventus keep this up? We'll see. They, they're just so wishy-washy. You know, one, they get a huge result in a derby against Torino. Um, and and they did that with, with missing, you know, the likes of Dusan Vlaovic, Chiesa. Um, they had Mose Keane and, and Milik uh, starting there. And yeah, I'll, I, at least a lot of U.S. national team supporters have been calling for McKinney to kind of slide in that midfield. And, and he did this game and, and way out on the right. So that was good to see. And it was a pretty convincing win here. So we'll, we'll see. I, I just don't see the talent there to challenge top two. But I, I think Champions League is definitely attainable here. Yeah, and you mentioned the top two, of course, uh, flipping flipping spots uh, in Milan. AC Milan now atop the table over Inter. Uh, of course, Christian Pulisic with the, the game winner, which was assisted by Yunus Musa. Love so, to see it. American connection before we go into national break, and they'll be playing together as they both were called up for this, for this roster. Um, but to me, Daniel, the highlight of the weekend was, was Olivier Giroud putting goal I don't know if any of you saw it. Of course, a red card for one of the, the goalkeeper for Mike Minier, and uh, and Drew gets gets the gloves and goes in and makes a couple of big saves. Yeah, I don't think that was on my bingo card for you know a, a thirty what thirty four year old Giroud kind of slotting in neck. But hey, I Milan rode with it. They they put him on the keeper sheet. He's uh and hey, he made a hell of a save at the end, kind of he did. throwing, he did. sacrificing the body in, in that Could in that be a way to continue his. his career. You never know at hey, that age. So. Maybe he can come to MLS and, and play keeper for me. That's fine with me. But uh, definitely uh, Milan had a lot of rotation here and had, a, had another uh, – um, had some rotation here with, you know, Liao, Giroud, and Pulsic did not start the match. And, and hey, any – it was a scrappy win, but, you know, you would like to see Milan's rotation kind of do better, and they had to kind of hook everyone at halftime and throw on the big guns. But a win's a win here for AC Milan, and they keep chugging along. Now, you mentioned we mentioned AC Milan now going to Inter Milan. They do drop points to Bologna. Bologna's no slouch here, um, but you know Lotero Martinez scores an absolute screamer, and then and then gives away a, an awful PK. That is just one. You cannot the, do that. You cannot do that when I'm you're sure, in a title race. I'm sure Inzaghi was was fuming at Lotaro, but it's hard to say to get mad at him when he's already double digits uh, so early in the season. Just been enlightening form here. But we'll uh, say my my uh, Golden Boot winner selection. Just want to point Lotaro that out. Martinez. Uh, it yes. was. It sure was. If you want to go back and listen, it sure was my pick. So yeah, we have the receipts here, and, and and Matt was right here. So good to see and. And I, I do want to shout out Bologna. Uh, Orsolini did make our uh, XI of the week, I think, last week. But another player I'd like to mention is uh, Xerxy. He, Bayern product, he, he got a couple games in with Bayern and, and kind of was shipped off. And I think he's a very complete number nine. I was actually watching some tactical uh, replay on him on Twitter, and, and he scored a beautiful goal there. And, and I don't think he'll be at Bologna for very long. Now, I don't know if you can hear in the background uh, Maroon 5 playing that you always be there for you. And a, a team that will be there and a manager that will be there for you is Jose Mourinho with Roma, Daniel. Um, an interesting segue, of course, but seems like that man just continues to get the best out of his teams. They're slowly moving up the table, up to 10th now after a really difficult start. Uh, of course, they've had some results in, in Europa as well. Um, any thoughts here on Roma? Are they just kind of a, an outlier at this point or someone to keep an eye on and keep an eye going forward here in Syria? I wouldn't say that. I would say that, you know, Calgary is just really bad. I mean, Claudio Ranieri is the coach, and he, he should have retired probably five years ago after he won the, the title with Leicester. But, hey, a win's a win, especially when you do it in emphatic fashion of 4-1. Um, Lukaku continues to shine. Uh, for for Roma and and they look they look good, but uh, a, a team I really wanted to, to mention here was was you know the the probably the best match of the weekend in Syria, uh, uh, Fiorentina and in Napoli, uh, the La Viola as as I'd say uh, got a huge three points away win, emphatic win, three one win against Napoli away and. And I, I did see some reports that maybe Rudy Garcia already on the hot seat at Napoli. It's hard to say otherwise. They did win the league last year. And, and of course, not only the, the poor start, but the issues with Osimhen and everything that's going on there. Uh, I think it's a little early. It's I think uh, It's a little harsh. I think, you know, after winning the league for the first time in 30-something seasons last season, I think 
Uh, Napoli fans need to temper expectations a little bit. Maybe the same with the the, the board. Um, but uh, you know, can't keep dropping points to you know, and, and especially to a team like Fiorentina, who you're fighting for for top four. Uh, another team that's kind of in that mix now, all of a sudden, is is Lazio, who took off points from Atalanta. So when you had that chance, you really could you capitalize. know capitalize. Yeah. And so um, it will be interesting. But I think everyone needs to hold the brakes. Um, maybe they need a little bit more time to celebrate last year's win and kind of learn and, and understand where they are. Of course, they have the roster, which is probably why people are starting to get a little crazed. And we talked about it earlier, you know, uh, just not playing up to their standards. Um, but I think, you know, time will tell. It's very early, eight, eight games in, seven games in in, in Syria. So um, I wouldn't be too concerned. I wouldn't either. Um, I, especially when you, you win a league like that, the league like that, and, and then you change coaches, there's always going to be, you know, there's always going to be regression here. And, and I... I, I, I was listening to the broadcast, and apparently the Neapolitan fans are pretty pretty quick to turn on anybody. So, not not the most ideal um, situation there, but we'll we'll see. And when you have Oshiman and Gracchilli, really you have to get the best of both of them. And, and Rudy Garcia has not gotten the best out of either of them. And when you're you're trailing and you take Oshiman off, uh, and at the 75th minute, that's also what you don't want to see. So. Um, don't love that, but uh, I think they'll figure it out. And of course, you don't want to talk about a team that's having struggles and fans running away from the club, Daniel, but the situation down at Ajax continues to just unravel week after week. Currently 16th place in, in relegation spot. What What is going on in Amsterdam, and can they right the ship, or, or are we looking honestly at a serious consideration for Ajax being relegated this season? I think that is a hot take, but I think they're going to figure it out. The, the squad is not what it used to be, and and they're, they're a poorly run club at this point, which I thought I would never say. Um, but they their director of football, after after Van de Sar kind of had that horrible injury, uh, he, he was not the guy, and he was already sacked. And, and the coach now is, is on the hot seat, and I don't think he'll be there for very much longer. And they, they did play AZ Alkmaar, which is a top four team in the Eredivisie. But, you know, you lose to PSV one week, and then you get beat again by another top four team. That's not where you want to be. And and they are actually winless without Kudus since the uh, departure of him. So kind of understates how good Kudus, Kudus was for them. Um, but I expect changes there soon, and maybe they can kind of reinvigorate that squad. Yeah, and you mentioned PSV, of course, top of the league in the air Eredivisie right now and, and a battle there with uh, with AZ and, and Feyenoord as well. And um, So that's going to be an interesting one, and it's going to be tough for Ajax to get back into the mix. Of course, in, in Portugal, Sporting and, and Benfica all win, scrappy wins, but uh, expected wins and, and kind of status quo uh, for that league right now. Very status um, quo. But moving back into a league that we've talked about as far as maybe one of the more competitive leagues uh, is, is, is Ligue 1, Daniel. And, um, a lot going on there. Of course, PSG get a big, big bounce back win against Ren. Um, wonder goal from from Vitinha. Hakimi gets a, a great header as well. What flash in the pan here, or is this something that could be a momentum builder for PSG? We talked about this is a huge fixture because if, if they lost to Ren, then you know, you know how Paris fans can be. You have everyone should know that, and and they'd probably be calling for heads and. It, it was it was an emphatic win and and Ren have, have been playing good ball so it, it was but they also haven't <laughs> scored against PSG in a couple seasons now so at least they got one in got to see the ball go through the hoop sometimes or in the net uh, for all you football fans sorry for my American reference here but uh, but yeah uh, Akimi with three goals in five games he's kind of picked up and kind of stepped up when they needed him and and Mbappe did not score in this match but you know who did. Muani right off the bench and and what a player a very key player in my opinion who, who needs to step up here is, is Giancarlo Ramos and and he's kind of struggled it seems like maybe he's faltering in confidence a little bit and he was on fire for Benfica last year and was uh, insane for, for Portugal as well so I would like to see him step up a bit and if he can kind of get firing, then maybe he can be the one to fill the Mbappe void eventually. Perfect timing for the music. Let's go. I mean, where is he? Where do you play him, though, as well? That's kind of one of the things for me with all that firepower up top. Um, but, yeah, you would love to see him come in as, as play as the nine, maybe put 
uh, Kuomuani on the right, though not his preferred side, and then Mbappe on the left. But um, it's going to be interesting to see. And, and like you said, if they can get him going, you have three really powerful players up top. Not that you don't right now with Dembele on the right-hand side, but we all know Dembele struggles with consistency. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, um, of course, they're all trailing Monaco, who go atop the, the table this week. Uh, with a goal and, and and another American player, Daniel, who's looking really good is uh, Florian Balogun, who you know just just continues his form. Yeah, no, that was a big win because Monaco is honestly a little bit surprisingly at the top because they've had some weird results and, and we talked about how the the French league is pretty wide open here, but but you know, Rams have have not been any slouches in any sort of the imagination and and a convincing 3-1 three, 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 win uh, was was huge. Benyadere uh, broke some record. I can't remember exactly what it is, but he scored a handful of goals in, in Ligue 1, um, and, and you love to see it. And, and Monaco, I, I, I look fondly on Monaco, just especially after that one run they had in the Champions League, knocking out Man City uh, several years ago with that super team that they had. And, and they've they're very they make good investments and they're kind of like a the brighton of the the french league in my opinion and and i always love how, uh, seeing them flourish you mentioned uh teams flourishing some teams that now are starting to calm and, and kind of level set here in marseille of course the new manager gattuso comes in they get a big result he's a has a big presence yes um, a big personality and um any thoughts on where they can go? Are they still fighting here? Or are they kind of, is this a, an opportunity for Gattuso to kind of take stock of what he's got, um, add in the transfer window in the summer, and, and build for next season? I think, I mean, he's the rhino for the reason. And, and a club like Marseille needs a strong figurehead, and, and he's the definition of a strong figurehead. And and getting Aubameyang firing is the first step, and, and boy did he did with a goal and a, a beautiful back heel assist uh, Ismail Assar to kind of top off that victory here. So you, you love to see it. And I, Marseille, they're a good club. They have a lot of talent. So I expect them to, to challenge top three, um, and I think anything below that is kind of almost a failure for them. Yeah, and you mentioned the top three. So, of course, Monaco at the top, and, and we mentioned PSG currently in third. And the, the other team to round out the top three is, is Nice, who remain in second right now. Um, you know, 39-year-old and Dante uh, with a youngster, uh, making a pretty good pairing up top there. Yeah, or at the back. Back, excuse um, me. But, yeah, no, Dante, ex-Bayern player, was, was phenomenal for them back in the day, and he's still kicking at 39. And, and you mentioned the young Todibo, who is kind of a Barca reject, and and they don't they don't score too many goals, but hey, they have, they keep clean sheets and, and keep it close every match, and that's how they're kind of churning out results here. And Nice Nice back in the day were were, were pretty historic, and, and it's good to see them back, get back to their best after uh, several years of mediocrity. Yeah, you mentioned Todibo, and, and he's getting a lot of love all of a sudden now too with his form and, and seeing where he could go in January or potentially in the summertime. So it'll be interesting to see, and uh, you know. Can these keep that form and, and, keep, and give Monaco and PSG a good run uh, for the top three in, in France? It'll be interesting. We talked about the parity and how that's a strong competitive league, so something that we'll keep an eye out the entire rest of the way. You mentioned uh, We didn't even mention teams like Lyon, who uh, continue to struggle. Of course, Lens, who beat Arsenal in the Champions League. So very competitive league uh, in the French League. Uh, you don't hear that very often, but we'll keep an eye out for you as well as everything else. But, um, Daniel, I know I need a refill. You do as well. Uh, so if you listen through now, thank you. And, of course, we'll be back after the other side of the break with our top 11 as well as our players of the week and young players and everyone's favorite segment, Daniel, Daniel's Gambling Corner. So uh, stick with us. Of course, remember, as always, please download, like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at Full Time Roundup. And uh, we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back, uh, Daniel. I know you have a wonderful clear drink in front of you. I have a Oktoberfest as it is fall and Oktoberfest is here. Very seasonal. Very of seasonal. Of course, we've mentioned how great fall is and, and just it's perfect out right now here on the back patio. Yeah. 
you went with your Oktoberfest. I couldn't say no to a $3 Wells here at, at Braswell's. So first I, I time, went, right? Very First time. First time. So we popped the cherry here, and, and I got a nice vodka soda with two limes, just how I like it. Definitely not my first time. <laughs> uh, we'll try and get you here as much as we can, but uh, great spot. Um, but, Daniel, with that being said, now one of our favorite segments on the show. Uh, and, of course, like we mentioned before, our Twitter handle, full-time roundup please um follow us over there engage with us this is one of the segments where we'd love to hear from you guys is uh some of the players that we've missed or uh performances that we didn't catch because of course we can't watch every single game out there we try and do our best for you so daniel it is that time for our best 11 run us through the goalies and defenders all right so for goal of the week just just for meme's sake we got olivier Giroud. i mean what a performance he put in you know Sacrificing, going in net, you, things you love to see. And you anytime know, an outfield player goes in net, you got you it. It's automatic. So just know that for for the for uh, future excise of the week, and then for our defenders, we got Akimi uh, with, with the goal and assist. Um, we have Van de Ven uh, with the game winner um, for for Spurs, the, the young center back, new signing. What a way to kind of capitalize and earn that price tag by, by scoring a, a much needed point at, at Luton here and and then we have Ishmael Jacobs with the goal and assist for, for Monaco um, and would you like to lead us off in the midfield? Absolutely Baliba who again we've talked about this before the, the XI for us is not always goals and assists he just absolutely stood out for Brighton in this one uh, I know you, you were texting me how fantastic he looked and I couldn't have agreed more with you uh, another youngster that they're just adding and loading in. Sky McTominay, McSauce, as one of our fair, favorite listeners uh, calls him. Uh, two goals uh, coming in and saving, saving Manchester United here. And I, I do want to say one thing on McTominay. I think it was very fitting as Fergie's uh, wife did pass, and she's Scottish, and the Scottish man for, for Man U did step up in, in the biggest way possible here. Uh, we mentioned him earlier on the, on the pod for Everton, Jack Harrison, who gets a goal and an assist and a big win for them. A huge signing. I think he'll start to get more consistent playing time for those guys, and you'll see some of that talent that we saw at Leeds. And yeah. uh, for those of us that watched him at NYCFC, uh, kind of show off some of that talent there. And then to, to round us off in the midfield, Mohamed Kudos, we mentioned him and that great goal, that left-footed finish against Newcastle. Not only did he get the goal, but when he came in, Daniel, he absolutely dominated the game. Uh, the ball flowed through him. He took on players uh, and really kind of moved West Ham in the right positions and uh, and honestly just completely changed that game and, and, and probably earned West Ham that point. Uh, without him, probably don't get that extra point. Couldn't so. agree more. Uh, up front, your, your, your golden boy. My Egyptian king. Uh, Mohamed Salah with two goals. And then you mentioned him in the last segment, uh, Romelu Lukaku continues to be in form with two goals as well. And then the theme here is two goals for strikers. Alexander Isak uh, in that in that same Newcastle West Ham game with two goals in four and a half minutes, uh, close to getting the Hattie off the post, but couldn't finish it. Uh, one player that we will get to here in a second did have a hat trick though, but uh, Alexander Isak comes in as our third as our third striker. Take us through our players of the week though. So for for my player of the week, it, it had to be Garassi. Uh, There's you know, that Hattie. 13, 13 goals in in seven games, never been done in the Bundesliga. I mean against the likes of all the famous strikers, especially the most current Lewandowski couldn't even do this. And, and the fact that he's doing with the Stugart out of all teams, it's it would be different if, if it was a Bayern or you know a Dortmund or, or a Leverkusen, but no, it's Stugart and, and he's just on fire for him. And he's gonna earn himself a big move in the summer. Or January, depending or on January. who wants to pay for him. True. But uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, a guy, I could have put him in, I really wanted to, but I can't put him every week. Uh, Jude Bellingham could have been here for me, but I'll go with Raheem Sterling, Daniel, who, who looked like the old Raheem Sterling for, for Chelsea against Burnley. Uh, of course, he had an actual goal that's credited to him, and then he had arguably two goals with the own goal that goes off and then um, completely just as a fluke goal. But his play and the way that he kind of was that creative presence for us up top and, and really kind of set the pace. Again, looked like the old Raheem Sterling. Can we bring the flat top back? Absolutely. Raheem, I hope so. That was my favorite Raheem Sterling. You wonder if that uh, snub of not being picked for England was a, was a big one for a driving oh, yeah. force for him. And as a Chelsea fan, I hope that that continues to drive him forward. But uh, it was good to see Raheem Sterling back and, and uh, firing all cylinders. For Young Player of the Week, for myself, I know I've had him before, but Daniel, he, he made history. Yamin Yamal 
was the youngest player to ever score a La Liga goal this weekend at 16 years and 87 days. What were you doing at 16 years old? You don't want to know. Exactly. So <laughs> he's an automatic here for me. And, and you have a youngster as well who's, who's under under 19 as well, which is crazy to think that there's so much talent out there right now in the world. So much talent, especially in the French League that we've seen. And, and this guy is completely flown out of the radar until I – I was I was watching the the game and and they kind of mentioned it. 17 years old, plays for Lorient. Uh, Ellie Croupier Jr. Two goals in this huge matchup against the struggling Lyon, and and he has 17 years old, three goals, two assists in seven matches this season. Maybe another French wonder kid through the ranks. They just lock and reload it seems every single year pretty frustrating to see because i wish that my country could kind of have the same you know products youth products but i mean 17 years old and just dominating the league and it's just crazy it makes me sad that both of our young players of the week if you add their age is still younger than me so we won't talk about that too much not but, a, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a pretty remarkable number and again, think about what you were doing at 17 years old and 16 years old if you were dominating your respective leagues. But um, again, let us know on Twitter if this was, you know, players that we missed or if this was how you feel about this starting 11. Uh, we'll post it as well just so you guys have a refresher of who we chose. But now, folks, I mentioned that was one of our favorite segments together. I know this is your favorite segment, and I think a lot of the listeners' favorite segments, Daniel, is Daniel's betting corner. And he has been absolutely on fire, folks. And he's only getting started here. He just continues to hit on best bets, mortal picks, parlays, anything he puts his name to, it feels like it comes across. So Daniel, take us home. Let us know what we're betting on this weekend. It's a little light, or maybe not this weekend, but how you did last weekend since there's international break. Absolutely, thank you. And, and uh, we, after a profitable UCL slate, we, we keep the profits rolling in here. and. And boys, you could you could pay rent with with these picks that I'm giving you here. He so. is. He's literally paying his rent. <laughs> that is true. So uh, we uh, the just a recap here. The the parlay, four to one cash Spurs money line, Girona money line, Chelsea money line plus four units right there. Risk one to win four. Love to see that. I'm now five to seven, five out of seven on on parlays. Which when it comes to multiple legs, that's that's a pretty damn good. Uh, completion rating here and and for the mortal lock we finally finally did well on those we're now at two and four on mortals but my mortal was over three and a half liverpool brian this could have been a game of the year for me and that's another plus three units so now we're up seven units and, and for best bets we went three and two uh liverpool money line was was a damn shame especially after that gravenberg miss but hey it's it's okay here and we got it back with wolfsburg stugart over three no sweat cash there Thank you, Garassi. He scored three himself. And uh, Monica Rims over three. Another no sweater there. And I did have City pick him. And it looked good. Look, it was going to be a push all the way up to the 86th minute when Marinelli scored that uh, goal off Ake's face. Um, and then the bonus pick that I did not post on Twitter, but I gave to you on the pod. And this was uh, the cooler Matt, maybe cooler no more, because he said there was going to be goals, and I liked what he had to say, and, and I rode with him. Real Sociedad, Madrid, over two and a half. You know, thank, shout out to Griezmann. I mean, this game could have been five goals easily, but thank God that Griezmann converted that, that penalty there, and, and we were 3-2. So just to recap, I, I did say we were 2-4 and four on Mortal Locks, and we're still cleaning that up, but 20-11-2 on best bets. That's, own, that's, that's a pretty damn good record and then five to seven on parlays we are now up 24 units through seven eight weeks here that's pretty phenomenal so just to recap units again if if you you know you bet 20 bucks a game 20 times 24 that's that's, that's good numbers there and, and hey if you had the financial responsibility and you bet responsibly putting a hundred dollars on each game you'd be up 2400 dollars here so not not too bad here and just keep riding with me. I do not have picks for international break because it's so fickle with injuries and everything. But just know that I will have some bangers coming next week for you Bat when international break uh, stops. Well, you mentioned, Daniel, it's been a world week, a couple weeks. It's been Champions League, Europa. Of course, we, we covered it all. Go, Please go back and listen to our Champions and Europa League episode as well midweek. Um, but I got to get you before we go. I, I can't let you not get out of here with a U.S. national team 
at least a prediction of how you feel like we're going to do against oh, Germany. Um, how does that come about for you, and how does this team look coming out of the break? Uh, it, it's going to look pretty good. Uh, I am pretty bummed about Tillman's injury uh, last minute. Um, against a, Ger a new German national team coach with Nagelsen, I'm sure he's going to be uh, very antsy to, to get a win here. Um, is it on German soil or US No, soil? it's in Nashville. It's in Nashville, okay. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. I'm expecting a draw, but hey, if we lose to a, a star-studded Germany squad who needs a result more than anything in the world, um, I won't be too shocked, but I would just like to see this team look free-flowing and, and not with kind of shackles almost when it comes to, to Greg Brawlhalter. We've been pretty critical, so you're going to hear us give him hell if, if we look bad here, and I just want to I just want to punch above our weight, and I don't even think punching above our weight with the talent that we have on the squad is that much to ask. We have so much talent, and we mentioned on the pod today, we have at least seven players coming in, in great form here, so I expect us to at least give German the Germans a hell. And we, we didn't even mention Gio Reyna gets announced as well as on this roster too, so maybe some of that uh, animosity between Greg and, and Gio is over with. Let's hope that's the case. And he, he made it his first uh, appearance for Dortmund and immediately created a goal, which is things you love to see. I mean, I was watching a video of Gio, and, and his ball retention skills are just unbelievable, and I was kind of worried that maybe he'd play second fiddle to, to Tillman in this, and maybe they'll be careful and precautionary just as with his injury history, but I'd love to see him start against Germany. And, of course, we'll keep an eye on all this for you guys and, and give you the download next episode. But um, this break couldn't come at a better time for me, Daniel. I know it's been a lot uh, overwhelming a little bit at times. But uh, we'll look forward to getting our fix when the international break is back. But, uh, again, we always enjoy having you guys listen in. Please feel free to interact with us on Twitter at Full Time Roundup. Download, uh, give us a rating, five-star rating, wherever you get your podcasts. And, as always, we'll see you in the next episode.